Or do you have cute shoes on now that you're well, at work? You know, I gotta be honest. I've been in the... <laughs> I'm a loser, but I've kind of gotten into like the Air Force One scene. Oh, you! Wow, I know. (laughs) 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 All right, welcome to the Big Top with your hosts Amy Seifert and Lori Brittingham. We are just two women juggling too many things, and we are inviting you to join our circus. We want to laugh hard and learn well, and our hope is you go back to your own circus just a little bit lighter. Enjoy the show. You are listening to The Big Top. I am one of your hosts, Amy Seifert, and I'll be joined by my other host, Lori Brittenham, in just a minute. But today, I think you're going to really enjoy it. We talk about mindless eating, self-compassion during the pandemic, reframing your brain, what to do when you have a bad body image day. I mean, she's got some great thoughts. She is a counselor. She's a life coach. She works with um, moms, with women. She is fantastic. Her name is Jessica Durando. And what I really want to happen is for you guys to go over and follow her on Instagram because you're going to want her goodness in your feed. It's helpful. It's beautiful. It's honest. um, And there's just really great wisdom going on. A lot of grace for us and how to do all this. But I just want to tell you at the first part of the show, when we have our laughter and shenanigans, um, we have an adult, would you rather? So if you have little ears, like I do when I'm listening to podcasts, rolling around in my car with my kids, which let's be honest, who's driving around with their kids anymore? Um, I just wanted to give you a heads up. To be fair, that's that's our first would you rather, and then family friendly from, from here on out. So, oh, friends, I think you are going to enjoy the show. You feel like maybe it's time to drive to Georgia? Because the salons are open, I hear. That's like, I'll today's guest is going to confirm some things about that, I think. It's a little questionable, it sounds like. <laughs> well, until my boss asked me today, she said, how are you feeling about work? or like life or something. And I said, I feel like I'm waking up from a hibernation. Like I feel like a bear who's waking up. Like, right now you do. But Right now you feel like that. Sure. Like I'm a fat bear waking up. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a honey pot. Wait, tell me more about this. Why do you, what just, what happened? Because nothing has changed quarantine. Like we're still stay home. I and just get some more liberties. I don't know. I'm like at the office, I guess. And we're like working again. And yeah, so like our jobs got re like instated with the PPP loan. We were fortunate enough to, oh. that was a huge win. I forgot about this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you are feeling more human. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Now what's happening with your day? Oh, well I put jeans on too. I put a white t-shirt on. <laughs> These are the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to look back and be like, wow. That was special. Jeans <laughs> time. I put a white shirt on too because I'm like cleaning out my closet trying to like get my spring capsule wardrobe going and seeing, do I like this shirt? I think I've decided no, I don't. It's got some weird sleeves to it. But I think the sleeves are cute. Yeah, well, I posted a picture and maybe we can vote on the sleeves. But I also put on real shoes. Like I'm telling you, Lori, I couldn't find cute. I was like, where are my cute shoes? Like it's been... 
barefoot slippers and my running shoes. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, or, do you have cute shoes on now that you're well, at work? You know, I gotta be honest. I've been in the, <laughs> I'm a loser, but I've kind of gotten into like the air force one scene. Oh, you, wow. I know. <laughs> Wait, your man, your man has influenced you highly. So much for Wait, it. I think they're kind of hip though, right? I want to see them. Our listeners can't, but do you want to? We're going to post a picture is what we're going to yeah, do. Sure yeah, I want to see them. I want to see them. Cool. Are they? Oh yeah, those are fine. I was, yeah, those are great. <laughs> um, for our listeners, Lori is holding her shoe up in my face on Zoom and she's just looking phenomenal. Like I want, can you, I want, you got to send a picture. Those I are will. cute. Well, but I like, never thought I'd be into this scene. Well, you married you married the guy who like no, you know loves the athletics. What shoes you got on? Oh, okay, ready? Rockies. <laughs> We're gonna do a side by side. Are Rockies? Yeah. <gasps> can you see? That's you can't really even see them. Orange. I went orange. Look, they need to be washed. But um, are you a believer? Yeah, you know what? I think people are like way over the top about Rockies. I'm like, I'm like eighty percent it. Okay. That's pretty good. I do love how sustainable they are. They're made out of recycled plastic. This sounds like we're sponsored by Rothy's. We're not, but I like like what they're about. <laughs> <Could be. laughs> Rothy's, come sponsor us. I know. Um, I know. I've heard it's either between Rothy's or Allbirds. People debate. Between. Yeah, Allbirds. I know. I'd like to see, do Allbirds smell? That's what I want to know. Maybe our smell. guest could tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Can we bring her on? She's She's got to be over us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, we have our guest today. Her name is Jess. I didn't even ask how Durando. 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 Yes. Durando. Hi, Jess. Well, come, welcome to the big top. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> Good. Um, we are excited to, to just talk about your fantastic stuff you put out on Instagram and all the ways I've been greatly, like, I just love hearing all the things you, you share. Um, but first, we do a couple would you rathers to just have some fun. All right. Let's hear it. Okay. Um, Lori, where are they? Uh, would you? Okay. Okay. We're going to do this one. Would you rather, and we're all moms here, okay? Would you rather walk in on your parents <laughs> oh. or have them walk in on you? Ooh. You <laughs> gave it to her right off. The <laughs> no I mercy. That. Like, if you're going to go big, go big. Yeah. Um, ooh, I think I would rather walk in on my parents, which is worth no. I never thought I would say. <laughs> Yikes. But yeah, I think so. I just feel like I could delete that from my mind a lot faster. <laughs> okay. Then, like, you seeing your parents. No, I would rather see my parents. No, I know. And you think oh, you yeah. could delete that fast. Okay. Oh, yes. Right. Oh, I have control over that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's so good. <laughs> Wait, Lori, what would you say? I would just, I, those are two horrible options. They're, they're terrible. Horrible. But I think I, if I had to pick, I'd rather walk into my parents, which I've done before. <gasps> How In, old are you? Recently? Wait, have you guys not? I have. Yeah, I was little. It's terrible. I, I, I still overheard. have it in my brain. Yeah, I overheard. <laughs> you were, I, I just ignored Ignorance <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I remember I walked in, I was probably like, I don't know, seven or eight. I said, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I vividly remember my 
wrestling. <laughs> no, my mom says folding towels. <laughs> like, what? A weird way to fold towels. <laughs> New one. The weirdest excuse in the world. Hey, babe, let's go fold some towels. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is crazy. I hope she's not listening to this one episode. She's not. Does she? My parents, they, they can't. She hasn't opened that. iTunes a day in her life. No, that's not happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, what's your name? Oh, well, I, so I remember walking in on my parents. Well, no, no, no. I guess like I walked by and it was cracked and I was like, I don't, what's going on? <laughs> And I still remember it. So I would love to erase it, but it's, it's still there. So, but I, I think I'd still choose that. Like I would not want my parents walking in. Can you imagine? Can you no. Imagine? no, we're all going to like vomit in our mouth right now. No, That's my worst nightmare. Okay. We've determined that. I wonder what our listeners will say. Across the board here. Okay. Yeah. All right. You guys ready for another? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would you? Rather vomit on your hero or have your hero vomit on you? <laughs> we you have to select an answer, I assume. Yes. Sorry, Jess. <laughs> oh, man. I think, like, yeah, I think I would rather be vomited on. I'm very confused by my own answers, really. <laughs> logical reason for this. But yeah, I think the guilt is too strong. If I vomited on someone else, I would be full of apologies. And that's just exhausting. So yeah, I'd rather be vomited on, I guess. Again, yeah. no, I like that. That's good. Lori, what, yeah. what, what are you doing? I, I'm with Jess again. I'm with Jess. Yeah. I'd rather be vomited on. It's yeah. less embarrassing. I don't feel like that's my fault. No, you just stood there. Yeah, yeah. Well, unless they were like, Bob and victim. I'm with you guys too. Like, I would rather take the hit than be like, yeah, I walked up to, I don't know who, and threw up all over them. Like, yeah. at least you could be like, so-and-so threw up on me. <laughs> it does make a good story. Michelle Obama. Threw yes, Jeremy <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> Oh. I, I would take her vomit. Oh, for sure. I'd Bottle it up. Sell I it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm aware. Sell it on the black market, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, let's do our last one. Um, would you rather be, and this is a good question for right now, would you rather be chronically underdressed or chronically overdressed? Ooh, underdressed. Uh-huh. Would. Mm-hmm. Wow. Tell me more. Probably. Um, I think I'm just at that place in my life where like comfort is key and yeah, it is what it is. You get what you get. You get yeah. You just, this is it. <laughs> I mean, it's uncomfortable. Like if you go somewhere too and you're underdressed in terms of like right. etiquette, right? That kind of underdressed, that's right. uncomfortable. But I've also been the person who showed up in like a cocktail dress to a keg party thinking it was a much oh. fancier occasion than it was. No. And it was not, not a comfortable situation. Shoot. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So totally in the other direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's oh. awesome. What about you? I think, I mean, this might be my Enneagram three talking because I want to be like, you know, shiny. I think I'd rather be overdressed chronically. 
the wonder. But the, the, I'm conflicted about this answer because quarantine life, I've been so comfy. I'm like, this is great. I mean, I don't, what are we doing? We should always wear sweatpants. Like who cares? Yeah. You know? So I'm like, I feel an inner conflict. But I think my three is going to say, I think for all the speaking events, like if I showed up in sweats and it was like cute girl time party, <laughs> they're like, what kind of speaker is this? Like she <laughs> isn't torn. I don't know. Lori, what would you say? I mean, this is an easy one because this isn't even like a hypothetical. I, I am chronically <laughs> underdressed. <laughs> it's not surreal. This is just my life. I'm wearing Air Force Ones and a long sleeve t-shirt <laughs> to the office. Here we are. It's <laughs> amazing. So I would say I'm dressed. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. That's a good time. Yeah, we laughed hard. Okay. So Jess, tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, what you're about. Um yeah, I don't even know where to dive in. Just Duranda. We covered the basics. Um, I live in Atlanta. I've got um, two little ones, very little ones, a two-year-old and a one-year-old, a son and a daughter. And I own my own business um, called Happy Belly Coaching. I worked as a uh, clinical therapist for about nine years. And then... Um, Three years ago, I got certified as a nutrition coach and then certified in pre and postnatal coaching and just decided to mix things up a little bit. I was ready to get out of the counseling room. Um, I just felt like I worked with people day in and day out and just kind of planted seeds and sent them on their way and would hope that they would grow. And I wanted to be more a part of people's journeys. Um, And I also wanted to take a little bit more of a holistic approach to their mental wellness and Mm -hmm food, you know, what they were eating, how they were moving, how they chose to nourish their bodies, it impacted their mental health and vice versa. So for me, being able to address somebody as the whole complete person that they are, instead of just following, you know, eight weeks of a therapeutic protocol and dealing with red tape and insurance and all of that, it just was a little bit more how I wanted to operate. So I would say about four years ago, I opened my business. I moved more into the coaching space and um, I just started really focusing on moms. I mean, everybody everybody benefits from somebody in their corner and um, addressing food and mindset and all the things, but just the mental load of motherhood and the multiple hats that we wear and how thin we are spread and how we're trying to do it all. And very rarely making time to take care of ourselves too was something I had personally been dealing with, my clients were dealing with, and they would work with coaches or counselors who maybe didn't get it or would just be like, just make a little time or you just really need to take care of yourself. And they're like, "Mm -hmm, yep, I have no idea when that's supposed to happen. (laughs) So we, for me, it's about, well, let's get creative and let's figure out what your lifestyle looks like. And maybe it doesn't have to be things that take a large period of time. Maybe it's just shifting the way we think about things or adding in versus subtracting. It's just those little pivots that allow you to start feeling like yourself again. I love that. I think maybe you can coach me. This is just (laughs) everything you're saying. (laughs) Um, For our listeners, I don't know when I started following her on Instagram, but um, I think your posts are really great and simple and provocative and helpful. And um, you guys should all go follow her at um, justdurando.com. No, not .com, just straight up. We'll link to all this. But um, 
I think your work is amazing. And you posted, I think we could pick any post and talk forever about them. But one of your recent ones was wins of the day. Mm-hmm. And you had food, movement, self-care, and structure. Will you talk to us about that, especially right now in the space we're living in? <laughs> yeah, they those four pillars, if you will, just seem to be um, a really solid foundation to build upon at any point in your life, right? It's just, how are you nourishing your body? Are you moving? What kind of structure works for you, especially in motherhood? You know, do you feel in control of your day? Do you feel like your day is controlling you? Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have a schedule that works for you in whatever way? That might be like the color-coded chart that works for you. That might be flying by the seat of your pants. But I tend to find for a, a lot of us, especially moms, sometimes we feel like we're being dragged through the day and we're exhausted and we fall in bed, but then we're like, did I even get anything done today? And Mm -hmm. it's just a really disempowering feeling. So if we can start focusing on what structure looks like for you, um, and, and with that also opens up, like, are you supported? Do you have people that can help you? What do boundaries look like? Everything just kind of unfolds a little bit. And then, um, you know, what are you doing to make time for yourself? Can you make time for yourself? Are you having intention in your action in a way that you're, you're enjoying what you're doing, you're present in what you're doing, that you find joy throughout the day, um, which I actually find is harder for a lot of people than we really want to admit. So mm-hmm. I was, I've been working with so many clients lately, and especially ever since quarantine hit, you know, normal life is kind of out the window. Um, but we're still holding ourselves to those standards. So people are mm-hmm. going through their day and they're like, well, you know, I didn't hit, you know, X number of workouts this week, or my food looks totally different, or um, my kids are watching TV, you know, 20 hours a day. Um, or self-care for me was like 60 seconds of crying in the bathroom. Like everything looks so different, but they're comparing themselves to where they were before quarantine started. So they're really putting unrealistic expectations where going to the gym six days a week isn't happening for anyone. Gyms aren't open, right? So if we're, we're having to reshift our expectations, um, And I was just hating seeing so many clients feeling like failures at the end of the week um, because they had set these unrealistic expectations. And they had actually done so much throughout the week, but they were focusing so much on what they hadn't done versus what they had that for me, sometimes having visuals and putting that out helps people. And it was like, well, we can celebrate the wins. And maybe the food win for you was you baked blueberry muffins with your kids and you enjoyed it and you ate the muffins and you didn't beat yourself up for eating muffins, right? Or maybe movement was you asked for help from your significant other to watch the kids so you could just go walk and listen to a podcast for 20 minutes. It's just identifying the wins, celebrating them, and then also giving yourself a little bit of a window into what life looks like for you right now and and knowing that that's more than enough. So good. That's so good. I love the, I don't know exactly how you put it, but it was the idea of like, it's a different culture, but same expectations. Mm -hmm. It's going to equal a failure, the sense of failure. And I I have felt that, like I was talking to my friends last night, we had a Zoom call, like we're all doing. (laughs) And it was there, we were talking about the question of um, what kind of paradigm shift do you need in your life right now? And it was that very thing. Like I have a lot of guilt and shame because I'm a 50% mom and I'm a 50% coworker versus a hundred here and a hundred there. And I'm like, how do I redefine that that's actually okay for the current season? Cause everything has shifted and changed. And so I think expectations need to shift and evolve, you know, with the current culture. And I think that's spot on Jess. I love that. 
Well, and balance is just harder right now. I mean, I tend to think balance doesn't really make sense anyway in motherhood. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks Mm -hmm. about balance. And if you actually think about like two scales being in balance, it's just, it's not possible in motherhood. Something always has to weigh more or take more of a priority. I think it's less about living in balance, more about living in alignment or having multiple things live in harmony of each other. Mm -hmm. And sometimes something takes 80% and something else can only take 20 or vice versa. But then when we look at, you know, being at home full time, while potentially homeschooling kids or managing children's needs throughout the day, if they typically went to school or, or with a nanny or family or whatever, maybe also trying to work, um, trying to take care of a home. It's just, we cannot be a hundred percent to anything. It's just not possible in normal life. And it's especially not possible now because we don't want to minimize the anxiety and, um, stress that just, a global pandemic is having on all of us, mm-hmm. right? And we don't know when there is an end date to it. So it just builds a little bit of panic and anxiety for a lot of people. And then we're trying to be perfectly handle everything. It's just, it's just not doable. Um, and while we're trying to do that, we're, we're continually neglecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we definitely can't show up for the things in our life that we want to show up for. We're just placing such unrealistic expectations on ourselves and then beating ourselves up for not living up to it. And it just becomes a cycle. It's a terrible way to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm there. You you saying you can't do everything 100%. Like, of course not. Why haven't I thought that? Like, you're going <laughs> to have to dole out the 100 to different... As well as the idea of can they be in harmony together? Like, oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Like right now I line, like it's harmonious that my kids have a recess right now while mama podcasts. Like that's what I lined up because, I, and it's so far, no one has come back in crying. Um, but that frees me up to think, okay, there's what moving pieces can be in harmony and not necessarily 100% everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that there's space for everything that matters. And I think when you start looking at it like that, you also become pickier about what actually matters right now. And Mm -hmm. is this really important to me? Is this a necessity? Is it essential to my life or my well-being? Um, Is it a need and a want? You know, I mean, we start looking at it and things can just be needs and things can just be wants. That's part of it. But we start being a little bit pickier about what we want to invite in when we're having things live harmoniously, but there typically is enough time for things, all the things that matter. We just have to evaluate how we're handling it and how we're structuring it and what expectations we're placing on ourselves to be able to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think too, like, and this is like a bit of a rabbit trail, so we can edit this out, but I think what's beautiful actually in our culture right now is, um, like every crisis is going to come with an opportunity somewhere along the way. And I think one of the things that like I'm seeing is with this crisis, um, I'm wondering if on the other side of it, eventually we'll have a bit more holistic view of work and family. And so like just yesterday I was on the phone with a client, like having a sales meeting and in the background is her two kids like mom, 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 mom. <laughs> and for me, I, there was no frustration it was more like, oh my gosh, I now feel more freed up to also have my kids clamor for me on a business call and everything's okay. Like, I think we hold ourselves to these expectations that we don't hold anybody else to. Some of us, obviously. Um, But we hold ourselves these expectations that we don't often hold other people to. And there could be a real beauty to like, 
this holistic lifestyle where things are starting to meld together and the home and the workplace isn't so separate maybe. And I think that could actually be a really good thing. Yeah. And it's frustrating the change to navigate the change, but if we can get there, I think it could be really cool. Yeah. It's an adjustment period for sure. But I think that it just, I think that the one benefit of this situation is it allows people to just let themselves be real people again. Yes. You know what I mean, we can still say like, oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, I'm having this with my, my, my clients a lot. I mean, my husband's an essential worker, so it's me at home with a two-year-old and a one-year-old and a business. And so fortunately, most of my clients are moms, right? They get it. They're like, cool. My kids are in the background too. And I do my best professionally to say, let's do it around nap time. Let's do it in the evenings but I give them the option. And that way, if somebody's like, nope, I don't care if your kids are in the background, mine are in the background. Now it's not just coach client or therapist Mm. client, it's mom, mom. And that's just Mm. a different sort of bond when you're trying to navigate challenging times together. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's like recovering some humanity for all of us, you know? Um, That's sweet. It even, which... I mean, leads me to some of your thoughts on, you have a post on reframing thoughts, like instead of these thoughts, try this. And um, they're gentle thoughts and compassionate thoughts. And I would love to hear you talk more about reframing being the name of the game. You talk about like these little shifts, like instead of I just can't do this, try I'm already doing this. Mm -hmm. Or instead of this is too hard, try I've done harder things. You know, I just loved... This sounds, you know, this is also scary. We are healthy, happy, and together. Like it just helps to say some things that are positive and true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's where the benefit of my therapy background clicks in. I just having the the understanding of the cognitive process, and a lot of my training was in cognitive behavioral therapy, and and so a lot of the focus there is how do we identify the quality of your thoughts. What sort of Mm. thoughts are you thinking? How do they make you feel? And how do those feelings impact your behaviors? Because it's all connected. Um, How we think makes us feel a certain way. When we feel a certain way, we behave a certain way. And that behavior just refeeds the the cycle of what we're thinking about. Um, And there's a lot in our life we can't control. We can't control the pandemic. We can't control situations as they pop up. Sometimes we can't even control emotions. Things occur and they just make us feel a way that we need to feel. But we, we can typically control our thoughts and the quality of our thoughts. So a lot of times Mm. people notice these uncomfortable emotions, no bad emotions, just ones that make them feel uncomfortable, the anxiety, the stress, insecurity, sadness, fear, whatever it is. Um, And they, they maybe don't like sitting in those emotions. So they try and change it or they beat themselves up for it. Um, or they think that there has to be some dramatic shift in their life. So they don't feel that way anymore. Um, And they think that they have to reinvent the wheel. And what I like to focus on is, you know what, let's just sit with what you already have. Let's sit with your feelings or coming from somewhere, but let's kind of identify the thought that prompts that. And again, it doesn't have to be a big leap, but can we just think about this a little differently? Um, If you're thinking in a way that makes you feel this uncomfortable emotion, do you have evidence for it? Could it be an assumption? Could it maybe not be true? Can we challenge it a little bit? Can Mm -hmm. we just step over? I mean, like you said, with the reframes that I give options to, they're pretty similar. Um, They're just a small pivot. So can we just you know, spin this just a little bit in a way that makes you feel more empowered or 
more excited or more hopeful, even if some of those uncomfortable emotions are still there. So I just, I love taking the opportunity to work with what you're already experiencing, what you're already thinking, and then empower you just to think about it a little bit differently, um, a way that makes you feel more capable and confident. Um, I I just am a big believer that we're a result of the quality of our thoughts. And Mm. if we're thinking negatively, and if we're thinking we can't, and we won't, and we shouldn't, that just shifts our whole reality because we feel that and we act according to that. But if we start to believe like I can and I am and I'm already doing that, that also shifts the whole process in a more productive way. Man, it's so helpful. I just launched a book two weeks ago and it's the book launch looks nothing like I had anticipated because it, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And, um, and I grieved it because I imagined it one way and, and it was going to, you know, pan out this way. And so even your reframing thought of like, this is such an inconvenience <laughs> or this is, you know, not as, as I, as I imagined to like, okay, this could be an opportunity. Like I even start, like I have started to embrace like, I think it might be a privilege to have launched a book in the middle of this right now. Like people need words of encouragement and that's what this is. Um, and so that's actually, I have felt my whole body posture change with that um, and really enjoy the space that I get to be in for this time right now, um, which is just what you're talking about. I, I feel like I want to catch my thoughts faster um, and challenge them faster because I feel like I can have my thought for a long period of time and everything just like spirals downward for days. Like I want to get faster as that at that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's, to me, that's always a goal, right? Like in a dream world, we are mindful and aware enough that the minute a thought pops into our head, we can be like, oh, that that's the thought that makes me not feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can sit with that or I can let that pass me by or, you know, I have the power to choose what I do with that thought. Um, it's a lot easier said than done. You know, I don't really <laughs> know anyone, especially who isn't like doing this like meditative practice or cognitive practice all the time, who's really in a position to get there, but it's a nice goal to have. And it just brings on that self-awareness of, oh, I have control over my thoughts. I have control over how long they spiral um, or what I, or if I choose to lean into them and explore them or challenge them in a way that creates a different outcome. Jess, I've got a question. This is like off script a little. So feel free if you're like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so I've got one kid who, so I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And my five-year-old, he just like, I can tell pretty quickly, like he will wrestle with anxiety probably for his life to a degree. Um, And he's just, he was almost born with this like innate leaning towards like self, like negative self-talk. Um, and so I'm just like, how do you help? And your kids are a little bit younger, so maybe a little bit different, but like, how do we help our kids reframe their thoughts? I'm with you. I have a 13 year old, same thing. Please advise. And, and I've done that. Like, <laughs> don't say that, say this. Like, of course. Yeah. To them, it's like, okay. Or they're so in like better than they're already thought. They can't get out of it. Right. Well, and I, and this is not an area of expertise, but you know, first of all, so much of it is modeled. Um, and I find with like a lot of my, my clients too, whether it's like 
body image and not that you guys aren't, but like, <laughs> That's like yeah. body image or just the way we talk about ourselves or the way we respond to situations. And if we beat up on ourselves or if we lean into fears and try again, kids are perspective, perceptive kids pick up on those things. Um, and I say that more so because we do tend to put ourselves on a, on the back burner, not realizing that showing up for ourselves in that way shows up for them too. Um, but yeah. I also find, you know, especially for like a five-year age range, kids sometimes learn better through play than they do through talking. Um, and we can, in the moment, give them the prompts to reframe. But sometimes it's also, you know, when they're playing with something that seems harmless, like, my son, my son is more inclined to be like that too. And he's two. And I already noticed he's more likely to like retreat or beat up on himself or whatever. Um, but it might be something that wouldn't normally trigger that. Like he's building with blocks and the blocks fall down and he kind of loses it. And it's just an immediate opportunity to remain emotionally neutral and be like, Oh no, sometimes blocks fall down. Should we try a different kind of tower or what could we do now that they're laying like this? And leading in for them to creatively find ways that they want to reframe it that Mm -hmm. works better for them um, through normal day activities versus I know when this happens, he's going to struggle. So I need to be on guard with a reframe. It's just creating habits, even in unexpected ways. So that becomes a little bit more of a tendency for them, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. I was listening to um, Shauna Nyquist and she had talked about moving to um, New York City after years in the Midwest and learning subways and how to do all these things in city life with her kids. And they started to adopt the mantra, oh, I guess I haven't learned that yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I am, everybody needs that in my house. <laughs> like my, my almost 13-year-old gets so frustrated with schoolwork and beats up on himself and he hasn't learned that yet. He hasn't learned that skill yet. He hasn't learned this. Th- I mean, that's just all we're doing. That's all we're doing. And the grace for that and the compassion for that. But I think you're, you're totally on. Like they, they're watching us and they perceive. And and then it's helpful for them to know that, that you're learning too. I mm-hmm. mean, like I say to my kids all the time, like, I guess we'll have to figure that out together. I struggled so much with my firstborn with just feeling like a failure and this doesn't feel natural and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I had my daughter, I kind of, I think I maybe even seen it on like a social media post or something, just this idea of, it was like, um, you know, we're only on day eight, like she's learning to, or he's Mm. learning to, you know, and, and there was something about, about that, that clicked for me. It might not click for others, but I remember going through those early postpartum days with my daughter and be like, oh, you're figuring it out too. And I can figure it out too, right? Like we're both, we're both just trying our best to figure it out. And as I move even more and more into parenthood, um, I find myself constantly going back to that of, oh, neither of us have ever been here before, at Mm -hmm. least not with each other. So we just need to figure this out too. And it, it it is okay to me to say that as a parent. I think I felt like I needed to be, you know, the role model and like the voice of reason. And I needed to look like I had it all together. And sometimes I just look at my son and I'm like, mm, I yes. don't know either. Like we're going <laughs> to figure it out together. So permission to not have the answers, right? <laughs> permission to not be perfect. Yes. For him to know I'm not perfect and for me to know it's okay to not be perfect and yes. still be a good mom. Yes. Yes. You have permission not to be perfect. It's so good. (sighs) 
let's change gears because that's <laughs> good though. You know what good. kids drive me to do? Mindless eat. <laughs> good segue. <laughs> Transition. I think that's really good stuff about the kids. I'm with you, Jess. I think I've got a model for my kids. I'm figuring it out right with them. So I appreciate your words on that. Yeah. Um, but let's talk mindless eating. Yes. Okay, because we're all kind of doing it, right? Are we all? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. Um, let's talk because go. Oh, go ahead, Mary. Go ahead. Oh, you just, I think you, again, you give us permission, like stress eating may increase during this time. It's to be expected. I was like, oh, okay. I should expect that. <laughs> like I can get quickly all bad, all good, you know, like fall off wagon either way. So yeah, talk to us about mindless eating. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, people tend to take an all or nothing approach, right? Like I either need to be following a diet perfectly or I eat like I'm on death row or I either need to be working out every day or I, I can't work out at all. And it's just a really normal distortion, like cognitive mm-hmm. distortion. We all have just an error in thinking where we think mm-hmm. everything is black and white or all or nothing. Um, and there is a whole middle ground that always exists. Most of the world is much more gray. And, and I, I find that that's getting triggered more with the pandemic. The all or nothing thinking is getting triggered. Circumstances are different. People can't do their normal routine like we kind of talked about. And then there's just a lot more time at home. Um, where a lot of people might not be used to it. Schedule and structure looks different. Moms are eating leftovers off their kid's plate they normally wouldn't eat, or they're snacking when their kid snacks, or they're just so stressed and they don't know how to make time to take care of themselves or just take care of themselves even without time. Um, that they just kind of like, they're like, well, this tastes good. <laughs> that feels better. <laughs> you know, or they're just like, so distracted that they all of a sudden like, blackout. And when they wake up, they're like three bags of potato chips and not knowing what happened over the last 15 minutes. So mindless eating there. I just, I, I find like, that's the number one thing people need is like, Oh, I'm not doing, I'm nothing's wrong with me that this yes. is going to happen. It doesn't need to be fixed or changed. It just is what it is right now. But if it's not working for you, well, then let's start exploring some tactics to help you feel a little bit more in control over your food. So good. So what are those tactics? <laughs> <laughs> well, lean in. <laughs> there, and there's several, and it's making it work best for you. So sometimes it's just, again, we go back to that idea of structure. Maybe you can't have set meal times, but try and create an eating pattern that's similar to what your normal life looks like. So if you typically eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then like a mid-morning and a mid-afternoon snack, try and keep that the same versus that like walking in and out of the kitchen, you know, go ahead and, and schedule or pull out like a portion size for yourself instead of just, if you're like me, like just eating over the Tupperware container. Like I do that a lot. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like, that wasn't that much. And then the container's gone. Right. Exactly. Like, you're like, Oh, distracted. yeah. <laughs> um, if you're able to have like a game plan of, I'm going to have this for breakfast, this for lunch, even if you can't prep the food, sometimes just mentally having the plan of what you're going to eat gives you a focus when you go into the kitchen versus like, Mm -hmm. what do I want to eat? Like, you know, pantry shopping, fridge shopping, sometimes that can make it easier. Um, But some of the main things are, you know, emotional eating happens. It's not a bad thing. Um, Sometimes we emotionally eat because food brings us joy or Mm -hmm. gives us comfort. It's not always a bad thing. Um, But sometimes food doesn't help 
cope with that emotion. So then we're looking at, are there other tactics that help us cope with that emotion better? I mean, it might be journaling or reading or walking or doing a Zoom call with a friend so that you can feel connected again or saying to like the kids, like y'all are playing, I know you're safe. I'm gonna just go into my room for 60 seconds with intention and just say like, this is 60 seconds for me. I need to just cry or breathe or yell or whatever it is. Um, just so that food isn't being utilized to cope when it's not helping with the coping needs. Um, and then when you do eat, eat with intention, try and put your phone down, try and be as undistracted as possible. Easier said than done right now, but, you know, sit down at a table, mentally tell yourself you're going to have a meal, calm your body down and be present while you eat it. So chew multiple times pay attention to how the food tastes and smells and looks, you know, that really grounds you in the the present. And now it makes it a mindful meal as opposed Mm. to a mindless meal. And that also helps you have hunger cues, all the things. So just kind of tapping into the meal that you are eating, enjoy it, be done with it and move on with the rest of your day. I need some mindful ice cream eating. You know what I mean? Like just mindfully... (laughs) Yeah. Every night. (laughs) It's no fun if you don't taste it. Right? No, that's so good and so true. Like to be mindful about what's going in your mouth and actually enjoy it versus like you're you're binging and it's yeah, you're not even paying attention or knowing what's going in your mouth. And yeah. Oh my gosh. I think it's so helpful, which I mean leads into the idea of body image. And you you address that too, which is really fun. Um, again, your Instagram account. I love it. Um, okay. Talk to us about what to do on a bad body image day because you've posted about the idea of like acceptance is key. And I love it. You talk about like there's some ways to boost your your body confidence without reducing calories, mm-hmm. which I thought was really brilliant. So tell us more. Yeah, I just, I don't believe that we have to weigh less to matter more. And I think mm. that time and time again, we're chasing diets and chasing fat loss so that we can finally feel beautiful or like we're enough or like we matter. And um, 99% of the time I have clients come to me who are women who want to lose fat and they're like, well, I want to get to this number. And I say to them, you know, well, have you ever gotten to that number before? Yes. Well, why do you want to get to that number? Well, that's the number where I'll feel confident and beautiful again. Well, did you feel confident and beautiful when you were at that number the last time? Well, no, but this, <laughs> right? And so, and I think we've all been there. We all have this like mm-hmm. feel weight we want to get to or this goal, and then that will make me feel insert whatever positive thing we want to feel. But but when we're starting to find like, oh, I've lost the weight before and still felt like this, then it's not really about the weight. It's what's going on in between the ears. And so much of body image doesn't have to do with our body at all. It just has to do with the stories that we tell ourselves. And mm. if we believe we're worthy and, and wanted, even by ourselves and lovable and beautiful, um, you know, Yes, I am a big believer in body positivity and looking in the mirror and loving yourself. But I also believe that sometimes a healthy body image means being able to look in a mirror and not think anything at all. It's your body. It's neither good nor bad. It is what it is. And mm. it you do amazing, strong, beautiful things with it. It's incredibly capable and there's no morality to it. So um, I like to focus on building body image outside of fat loss. Um, I'm mm. also a big believer that you can love yourself and still want self-improvement. 
you absolutely have the right to diet if you're in a position to and get healthier and improve. But I think that that process is always a lot more successful when it starts from a place of love versus a place of hate and a need to fix. So if we can get somebody to where they love themselves as is, but they just want to change because they want the challenge or want self-improvement or want to feel a little healthier, then cool. But who you are as a person isn't contingent on that number on the scale. So um, sometimes it's little tactics like, what's your posture say? Like, can you stand up a little bit more? Can you have a chin up? Like, how do you walk into a room? Um, It might be like, sometimes I'll have my clients do what I call mirror mantras, where I want you to write a compliment on a post-it and I want you to put it on your mirror and say it out loud at least once a day to yourself. Bonus points if your kids can hear you. You know, it's just these little things that I love it. habits and modeling of of telling yourself that you're you're amazing. And it doesn't have to just be physical traits. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we fake it till we make it. Sometimes we don't believe the compliment, but we still say it out loud because it creates um, habits, a cognitive habit. Um, and it starts to rewire our brains to think a bit more positively. So um, yeah, I just, I think that we can have a healthy, happy body image outside of what we weigh. The thing I like about you, Jess, among many things is, <laughs> I feel like you breathe freedom in every area. Like if you want to have a bowl of ice cream, have a bowl of ice cream. It's a freaking pandemic out there. <laughs> but if you want to cut calories and cut calories and you're in a position to do so, like, like I It feels like you breathe so much freedom into the spaces where we have guilt and shame. And I would, I would rather have a hundred bowls of ice cream and be 40 pounds overweight and not feel the guilt and shame that I feel Mm. every time I eat that bowl of ice cream. And I feel like you just breathe that with everything that you're saying. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, that's powerful for me because I, that's what I want for everyone. I think I don't, it doesn't matter to me the action that's taken. It matters to me the intention behind the action that's taken and why we're doing what we're doing Mm. and if it serves you. And I, I mean, in full disclosure, I spent years hating my body and years Mm. with a really unhealthy relationship with food um, and not seeing the connection of like who I was in relationships in my life and and how I showed up for myself with, you know, this unhealthy relationship with food and my body. And, And that that permeates everything. It was the first thing that popped into my mind that when I woke up, I thought about every bite of food that I ate, you know, it, it was really consuming. And when I did the work to shift that years ago, all of a sudden I started showing up differently for people I loved and for my work. And, you know, I could walk into a room with a bunch of strangers and like, just be excited to show up versus like, what are they thinking of me? And, Mm. Oh, is she looks so much better than me? And, you know, there was, when I cleared out, the space that those negative thoughts were taking up, it just opened up so much more space to experience life. And now that I'm a mom, I often rethink, think back and I'm like, oh man, had I not done that work, what would this look like? Like who, who, how would I be different as a mother and what would I be modeling for them? And how much more burnt out would I be than I already am some days? So that work matters to me because I, I know firsthand the difference that it can make. Um, and I know firsthand how they're so connected to take care of ourselves, you know, even on a very physiological level matters in terms of how we show up in motherhood and other areas of our life. Yes. That's so good. Um, I have two boys and a girl and, um, I really think how I, 
talk about my body obviously affects my daughter. She's eight and what she thinks, but it definitely affects the boys too Mm -hmm. and how they think about their body and the things that they say and um, talking about how we often talk about how strong our bodies are, but uh, it's, I feel like we are bombarded in our culture (laughs) by images, by messages and to take those captive and to say, all right, what is real? What is true? What is good? Is it? No. And, mm-hmm. and not hang on to that. Not, not wallpaper our mind with that, but wallpaper with truth and goodness, just like you're saying. Yeah. I think it's a gift for our kids too. I mean, I can't, as my kids get older, I can't control what bullies say at school or what's mm-hmm. modeled to them. Um, but what I can control is what we talk about at home mm-hmm. um, and that they're that they're so much more than just what they look like. And that doesn't mean I don't like tell my daughter she's beautiful, but I also tell her like how brave she is and how strong she is and how capable she is. And it's, it's not about, we have to have one or the other. It's just about somebody being a whole person who has so much to bring to the table and is not just defined by their appearance. And, and for in our house as well, it's just as much, they're still little, but it'll, will be just as much my son as my daughter because it's still modeled regardless of gender. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wait, so Jess, this has been awesome. Is there anything else that you want to cover or talk about before we wrap up? Not so much good stuff. Yes. Uh, we are so, I'm so grateful. Lori, do you feel like this has just been like soul? So good. And everybody needs to follow her. I mean, yeah. her stuff is good on Instagram. Thank you so much. Like it's actually helpful. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Actually helpful. Okay. Tell, tell our listeners where they can find you. Perfect. So Instagram is at Jess Durando. Um, and then my website is happybellycoaching.com. And then I do a blog on that website as well. So it's just an opportunity to dig a little bit deeper. And then my website is also an opportunity to sign up for my email list. And so that way I try and throw out some fun different topics on my email list as well. And yeah, that's kind of, those are the best places. Perfect. Yeah. Thank well, you so much. Ah, yay. Thank you. So fun. I appreciate it. Oh, dear listeners, we hope you enjoyed the show and we hope you head back to your own circus just a little bit lighter. We hope you laughed hard and you learned well with us and thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. Would you do us a favor? Would you rate and review The Big Top and just take a minute and do that so that more listeners can get to us and and even, I mean, this would be even better if you would just share your favorite episode, share it with some friends, share it on your social media platform and um, let's let's spread the goodness that comes from the different conversations we have at the Big Top. Um, we hope you have an awesome day and we will see you soon. 